Can the Baltimore Ravens take back the AFC North from the Cincinnati Bengals in 2023? We talk about that and so much more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here on this Purple Friday, making us your first listen each and every day. Free and available, all podcasting platforms, including in video form on YouTube. You can subscribe for free anywhere you're listening or watching. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. We're back. Still the lull period. We'll be waiting on Ravens training camp. The date's announced by Baltimore yesterday, so that's really exciting. Here to talk about AFC North, though, with me. If the Ravens can take back the division from Cincinnati, is Kadri Ismael, former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, and obviously a Super Bowl champion as well. And Q, it's exciting. I think the AFC North is going to be super competitive again this year. I think four teams could potentially make the playoffs. I know we're probably not going to get all four in there, but I think each team extremely talented, especially when you talk about the landscape of the whole conference and how many good teams there are just in general there. Honestly, when you look at the AFC North, um, just what looking at Lamar's MVP year to present day, it's been super competitive Um, with the, the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger to Joe Flacco uh, exiting to Bengals literally uh, kind of in limbo until Joe Burrow came along. Uh, You had like a really good, strong transition for this conference when it came to quarterback play, which we all know the NFL rules a roost. And I think what we're seeing now with Deshaun Watson in, uh, in Cleveland and obviously Joe Burrow, franchise quarterback in Cincinnati. And then you look at what, you know, Kenny Pickett did uh, in his rookie campaign, solid outing. I think he's going to, you know, really light it up in, in round or act two, if you will. Uh, and then Lamar, who is seasoned to kind of just take that, that proverbial next franchise quarterback next step, which is winning a Super Bowl. But I think all of them is just in a position where, yeah, it's a competitive division that you can't you can't take for granted and just think, oh, yeah, so-and-so is on my schedule. That's an easy win. No, you can't. And I know in this division, Q, it is the Bengals division. I'm comfortable saying that they've won the division in back-to-back years. So for Cincinnati, you got to take it from them. I think Baltimore is well-equipped to do so. I think they've made – very solid additions this offseason, as I think has every team. But the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns have all made additions as well. But do you think you Baltimore can take back the division from Cincinnati this year in what should be a really competitive division? My biggest thing with Cincinnati, they're such a complete football team that now it's quibbling over whether or not they have a strong tight end position after Hayden Hurst left. Like, okay, we got one of the most dominant receiving cores we have a strong solid backfield we have an offensive line that was porous 
we still went to the Super Bowl. We upgraded it, and we're a few plays away from repeating going back to the Super Bowl. Our D line, oh my God! Like, I think Tyler Linderbaum and what's the the young man's name? The D lineman, like it, it's it's slipping my mind. But DJ Reader, yes, bruh. Like, just pause on that matchup alone. Like, it's it's it's, it's just a scenario where. You look at their team, and they have a, a, a such a good, complete um, football team. Great corner play, really solid linebacker play. Wilson has done his thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's it's on paper, and this is where like I was always busting on Cleveland for some of their free agent looks and calling them the offseason Super Bowl champions because you knew that all right, well, you may appease the fan base for an offseason and maybe got them excited and maybe you would increase your you know, season ticket sales for a hot second. But ultimately, it, it's when games are played live. Like, it, <laughs> that's the bottom line. There ain't no offseason like, ooh, wow, wow, this is great. You got to earn everything. Um, this year is different. This year, you know, they're, they're – were big splashes that were made by the Ravens in the offseason. And, okay, like game on. Now, what does that look like? Uh, <laughs> in the words of Peter Quill, you know, looking at Thor and, and everybody else is kind of Googling over Thor and his body is like, all right, I'm going to commit. I'm going to get a Bowflex. Well, you know what? I think – if we look at what the Ravens did, they got a bow flex. If you look at what Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was relatively quiet, although they had a draft. I think they feel that they, you know, can do some things with the, the guys that they had. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think this is an interesting offseason for the Ravens. And, yes, on paper, they can take back the division and go to Paycor and get what is rightfully theirs, which is AFC North title. And I think the thing for me, Q, with Cincinnati is Baltimore, I think, even though they might not necessarily admit it fully, I think to an extent, they've built this team to go toe-to-toe with Cincinnati, the defense in particular, where in the two games last year, when Baltimore was healthy and played their guys, obviously the, the primetime matchup early in the year, and then the playoffs when they didn't even have Lamar or some of their guys because they were injured, I was encouraged by what I saw defensively there. Joe Burrow looked mortal in those games, and we saw Joe Burrow put up crazy numbers in games last year. We saw him do it against the Ravens just a couple years ago. I think Mike McDonald has figured something out. I'm not saying it's sustained. Every year is different, so this could be a different year. But to me, Q, I think Baltimore showed me something on defense to say, well, Cincinnati's going to put up points. You know, you're not going to stop that trio of wide receivers. You're not going to stop Joe Burrow. But if you can hold them down enough, I have confidence in Baltimore's new offensive group to go out there and at least go toe-to-toe, if not beat Cincinnati in that regard. Now, my one thing I'm a little reserved about is the corner situation in Baltimore and how they're going to match up. We know Marlon Humphrey's Marlon Humphrey. There's, you know, we know that he's going to go out there and produce for you. Rocky has seen as a really solid two, three, like that's a really solid signing for him. They don't have Marcus Peters anymore. Not that Peters played great last year, but still, I think that 
maybe he could have provided something in terms of veteran leadership on that group this year. So it's going to be guys like Jalen Armour Davis and Trayvon Mullen and Pepe Williams, maybe our Darius Washington, Kaya Blue Kelly to step up. And obviously the safeties are great. You know, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, Geno Stone. But are you confident enough, Q, in this cornerback room to hold down that wide receiver trio of Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins? It's not that I'm not confident. Um, I do like Abdurrahman and what he brings to the table. I think, you know, if he can keep himself healthy, uh, then he's going to put himself in position, you know, to, to – uh, be adored by the Raven fan base uh, opposite of an already adored person in Marlon Humphreys. Um, the injury weirdness of the cornerback position, the depth is what you always kind of look at. And I'm talking about going back to good God, like, you know, 2012 with Kerry Williams and company, like, you know, guys on the outside gotta just stay steady and allow your talented middle of the field guys to produce and, and make plays and tip ball interceptions and things along those lines. But again, I, 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 I think, you know, the, the Pepe Williams and, and company, uh, the backups, they're going to be the ones that are really going to be put to the test with the multiple wide receiver packages that we see from Cincinnati. Yeah, and there, there's a lot that goes into it too. They could maybe, the Ravens could add another corner before the season starts. I know we're still, yeah. the offseason's not done yet. So maybe they want to add insurance there. Maybe they see something at a joint practice or in a preseason game where they say, oh, we really need to add a guy here. So, you know, maybe we'll be talking again in, in August when the roster is set and we can reevaluate what we're saying here today. But to me, I think that it's not going to be easy. Cincinnati's a team that has earned the right to say it's their division. They're a really good football team. You talked about it, Key, one of the most complete teams, I think, in the NFL. But I think Baltimore has made moves to be a really good football team against a lot of teams this year. Where they're, I don't think they're going to be outmanned or outmatched by many this year. But look, the Bengals, they add Orlando Brown Jr. That's the, the, the big move for them this offseason. They lose Jesse Bates. That, that's a big loss for them in the back end of that secondary. Hallelujah. <laughs> for me, it's getting guys like Jadobia Wuzier back. They are going to rely a lot more on Dax Hill this year. I don't think Eli Apple's there, so that's a negative for Baltimore. I think they would have liked to see him in, in, a, yeah. <laughs> in those stripes. But yeah. I think both those teams, the Ravens and the Bengals, they're the two picks for me that are going to come down to the wire to fight for that division crown. But it's not just those two teams in a division. So coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if there's still Lamar Jackson's kryptonite, so be sure to stay tuned, plenty to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, and Bird Dogs make you look good, and I know because I have multiple pairs. I love them. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better, and they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton, which I like having movement in the shorts and the pants that I wear, so Bird Dogs does a great job at that. Bird Dogs fixed the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. My nickname was Khaki Kev. It still is Khaki Kev, so the khaki aspect is big for me. Bird Dog uses anti-think sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry 
all day long. Just go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. And that Yeti style tumbler looks really good. I highly recommend that. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We're back here, our second part of Locked On Ravens Purple Friday edition. Kevin Oshaker still here with Kadri Esmail. We just talked about the Bengals. We're, we're taking it down the AFC North. We'll next talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Now, the Steelers, Q, are such an interesting team. We know the history of these two teams, the immense rivalry that goes back years and years and years. But this is a different type of rivalry. No, gone are the Joe Flaccos and the Ben Roethlisbergers and the Ed Reeds and the Ray Lewis and all those guys, Troy Palomalu's, Heinz Wards, and everyone. It's now Lamar Jackson versus Kenny Pickett. And Lamar Jackson dating back to I, – I don't count his rookie season because he didn't really play in both of those games. But dating back to 2019 when he took over full-time as the starter, has had a lot of struggles against Pittsburgh. In those three games, as a starter, only has – I mean, the numbers aren't great. Four touchdowns, six interceptions, 634 total yards. You take 12 away from the 12 he had – in the rookie year, that amounts to 622, 59.6 completion percentage. Q, do you think that the Steelers are still the most challenging team for Lamar Jackson to face so far in his career? Well, if if you got a system that hasn't been figured out, then yeah, because until it's figured out, you know, I mean, I'm just going to keep running at it until you stop me. And... That's something where I think for Lamar and company, whether it be at Heinz Field, uh, boy, I'm going to miss Calais Campbell, big Paul jumping up in the air, blocking a field goal. But uh, when it comes to Lamar Jackson as the quarterback and not one of the backups, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what Todd Munkin pulls out as far as some of the offensive weapons that uh, he's going to have at his disposal, who he's going to see as a matchup. Um, how is he going to help Lamar identify what the defense is doing, what free reign Lamar is going to have from that identification and putting himself in position to make plays. So that's what I see that's going to help put this thing in, in kind of like a more realistic perspective. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked you in the first segment queue about Cincinnati with Pittsburgh. Now it's not quite the same. Pittsburgh doesn't have a, dynamic trio I would say Deontay Johnson George George Pickens are there are there two guys they added Allen Robinson this offseason too but they have other guys in that offense Pat Fryermuth is someone who is one of the best young tight ends in this league Najee Harris is one of the best young running backs in this league but in terms of stopping a George Pickens who look we saw Moss Marlon Humphrey a couple times last year is a rookie Deontay Johnson has struggled with drops throughout his career, but I feel a little more confident in stopping those two guys because I'm not as afraid of Allen Robinson as a third option than I am of a Tyler Boyd, let's say. But with what happened last year, Q, we saw Kenny Pickett lead a game-winning drive against this Ravens team. Do you feel like Baltimore's defense, assuming Kenny Pickett does take some sort of a leap, can stop this Pittsburgh offense? I think their D-line um, is, is going to set the tone for their defense, period, end of discussion. Um, I think that their D-line has to be uh, in P Kenny Pickett's face. I think Kenny Pickett uh, showed his mobility and, and the benefit of his mobility, um, especially on that last play, you know, just extending the play and then giving it to Nigel Harris. Nigel Harris made a great play, obviously, and, and, and 
off he went. I, I, I don't think that was Patrick Queen. I think that was Roquan who gave up that touchdown. Um, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, that. So, so what I'm saying is that, you know, you went up against, you know, Baltimore's best and you didn't blink. And, you know, you extended the play the whole nine yards and you got it out to the appropriate guy to make the play at Nigel Harris. So overall, uh, yeah, man, like the the matchups that you mentioned, it's just Pickens is like so acrobatic in his 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 catch radius that yeah, Marlon could be in position all he wants, but <laughs> woo, yeah, that's what the catch radius ability provides you to make the contested catches and and win the 50-50 balls. Nigel Harris, I think in the first game, was embarrassed, blah, 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 used this. The second game is motivation because he got shut down. Okay. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, he was frustrated because he got knocked out of the game. Okay. What have you done for me lately? And so I think, if anything, this D-line, like Adafi Owe, uh, David Ajabu, like them dudes – you know, Tyus Bowser, they they got to bring it. I mean, they got to come on the outside and see this thing. We're we're talking about the last game of the year at home, um, and I think Pittsburgh. The first game is you know past week eight, I believe too, right? So both are should be both games are um, the latter part of the year, if I'm not mistaken. If that being the case, man, they're gonna be playing their best. You're gonna you're gonna know who you are playing your best, Mike McDonald. What kind of adjustments are you going to be making? Yeah, well, th- this year it's, it's Pittsburgh week five, I think, and then later. Okay, in so the it's year. it's it's before. Oh, yeah, because well, they they play you can all of catch their... them in that sweet spot. Yeah, and they're still going yeah. to be fresh. Okay, but your D line is going to be fresh. That's going to be your advantage. And then the last game of the year, it's like all hands on deck because technically, I mean, the way our fan base and the way we're projecting this thing. It's like you making a deep playoff run. Well, you know what a deep playoff run means. It means you got to bring it because you know Pittsburgh is your first playoff game. That's the intensity level that's going to be at M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah, and Baltimore, there's not going to be a lot of room for figuring it out early because all three of their divisional road games are between weeks two and five. So they get all those out of the way quickly, so they're going to have to figure it out pretty early on, especially for a new offensive unit. But you mentioned David Ajabo, and you talk about George Pickens, 2Q. There was a huge debate point within the Ravens fan base. I don't know if you remember the conversation. I'm sure you do, about whether the Ravens should have taken David Ajabo or they did, or instead take George Pickens. Now, I just don't think we know enough yet about what David Ajabo can be. I mean, he only played in a couple games, had one tackle last year. David Ajabo would have been a first-round pick. The Ravens could have taken him at 14 if they wanted to. If he was healthy, he obviously suffered the pro day injury. But based off of everything, Q, we've seen a year of Pickens, not so much a year of David Ajabo. But who would you rather have right now in this moment? The Ravens' profile. The Ravens' profile is built upon defense. They definitely need a pass rusher, a young dude. Adafe Owe, as talented as he is, he didn't have uh, Chuck Smith 
to give him the details and the tutelage that he's getting now. So I wouldn't have known, but knowing all the variables that I know now, the addition of Chuck Smith, okay, cool. But man, like a Greg Roman offense would have just been a waste for Pickens. I just think that he would have made plays, but it would have been, you know, Hollywood Brown 2.0. You know, Hollywood made some plays. Don't don't get it twisted in Greg Roman's offense, but it wasn't what we're going to see be unleashed in Munkin's offense. So that's where I think, you know, I look at the picture and rationalize saying, you know what, David Ajabu, and, and, and now, like, all right, Bate, all right, Prochet, you know what, you guys, you're going to have what you're going to have, and let's see what Zay does uh, and, and, and take it from there. As yeah. far as young receivers, we know it. Right. Odell Beckham has already done, so that, that's like a, that's a wash, if you will, because we already know, you know his game. His game is well established. Exactly. No, no questions when it comes to Odell. We'll see. You know, health. We'll see what the question is there, and if we're Amen. able to answer those. Amen. Well said. Well said. But for me, with Pickens, look, he's going to be a great, like a really like star level player. There's no doubt about that. I think Ajabo can also be a star level player. And right now, who would I rather have? Well, the Ravens are pretty set at wide receiver. Things go differently. I think if they take Pickens last year, do they take Zay Flowers? Probably not. You know, they have Pickens there. They probably feel good enough about him and what he would have shown them. But to me, I think Ajabo, they, they needed a pass rusher. The first-round talent was obviously there when he's healthy. We saw the flash of it when with the only tackle being a strip sack of Joe Burrow. It's pretty impressive, if you ask me. So I don't think they could have gone wrong. We will obviously we can revisit this conversation in a couple of years when both guys have a couple of full NFL seasons under their belts. George Pickens impressed early for Pittsburgh, for sure. Don't, don't get me wrong there. But to me, Q, the thing with Pittsburgh – is can Lamar Jackson get over the hump? Can he get over the Pittsburgh defense? Can he best TJ Watt? Can he best Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and those guys? That, to me, you know, it's not so much, oh, can the Ravens' defense stop Kenny Pickett? I think they can. But for me, it's can Lamar Jackson best that Pittsburgh defense? That's where my, not, not concerns, that's where my questions, I would say, live. Coming up in our final part of the show, we'll talk about the Cleveland Browns. If they're going to be a tougher out, a tougher opponent to play than last season with the additions they have made in a full season of Deshaun Watson. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on the show. We're back rounding out Locked On Ravens with Kadri Ismail. I am Kevin Ostriker. Finishing our AFC North round out where we talked Bengals in the first segment, Pittsburgh Steelers in the second segment. Q, let's move over to Cleveland. Your very well-documented paper champs every single offseason since probably 2017, 2018 yeah. or something like that. But they have not translated over to the field. And for me, you know, I was picking Cleveland here and there to win some games and to, you know, maybe make the playoffs. Now my stance is they need to prove it to me first. You know, this is a team that, look, with Deshaun Watson did beat the Ravens last year. Now they get a full year to Sean Watson. They add guys like Juan Thornhill, Dalvin Tomlinson. They trade for Elijah Moore. I, I, I like the moves that Andrew Barry has made over the course of his tenure there in Cleveland. I didn't really look the Deshaun Watson deal. I did not like, but regardless, I feel like the roster now, and it feels like we say this every single, it's, I feel like such a broken record, but it feels like the best roster Cleveland has had so far in terms of what they can do damage-wise in the AFC North. So do you expect them, Q, to be a tougher opponent for Baltimore to play this year? I do. I do. I really do. Why? Because huh, when it comes to practice, when it comes to timing, rhythm, and all those football buzzwords, 
um, you you need to have camaraderie, you need to have continuity, and you need to be able to just like go out there and play um, and know the guy on the side of you has your back as you has as you have his back. So with that said, when you look at the bigger picture and the bigger picture simply is you got, you know, a team that has a full off season with a top tier quarterback, um, you know, Amari Cooper is still Amari Cooper. So you go ahead and, and mess around and laugh at that. I ain't laughing. That dude is like, you know, valid big time. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I throw caution to the wind as far as, you know, Cleveland and, and what they're all about. Uh, defensively, <laughs> who's our guy on the end? Um, Denarius Smith. Yeah. My God. Like, okay. He, he's – so it's, it's not that – I don't know what happened as far as the reason why, but I do remember him as a rookie and I do remember him as a, a – and, and the phase that he was in, the developmental phase, I was still doing – the team's broadcast, and I'll never forget, we went to um, play a young, fresh Ezekiel Elliott Cowboys team, and he was supposed to set the edge. And, I mean, he got trapped inside, and it seemed like he could never recover from there because they had a big run and blah, 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 and, you know, the Cowboys went on and did their thing. But in the grand scheme of it all, like, it just seemed like he was in a doghouse from that point forward. I don't know, you know, why, but then he just flourished in, in Green Bay. So, yeah, you look at what he brings to the table um, opposite of um, – Miles Garrett. Thank you. Miles, that's that's a bookend that's, like, my goodness, scary. <laughs> I, I mean, Miles Garrett was a full-grown man. And, like <laughs> – you know, with a healthy Lamar, you know, you 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 are thankful, but that's a full grown man. So there's a lot there that they've added to the equation that can bring you pause. Yeah, we know look, th- those Ronnie Stanley Miles Garrett matchups are always so good when they happen. Does Cleveland opt to put Garrett opposite opposite of Morgan Moses and puts Darius Smith opposite of Ronnie Stanley? They yeah. I think you mentioned that that bookend duo, they now have options there. The defensive line has been such a weakness for them. For, honestly, ever since they lost Sheldon Richardson a couple of years ago, the defensive line has been a huge sticking point for them. They add a couple of really solid options. Uh, Dalvin Thompson, one of the better run stuffers in the league. I love the Juan Thornhill edition, but to me, Q, it's about can Cleveland put it all together where Nick Chubb is one of the best runners in this league. I, I mentioned Elijah Moore. They have Amari Cooper as well, so they have that duo there. I Tell mean, me. is, is this a team that you think can maybe challenge Baltimore for their spot in the division? Because right now my rankings are Cincinnati 1, Ravens 2, Pittsburgh 3, and Cleveland 4. Do you think Cleveland could challenge Baltimore for that second spot, assuming it goes that way? I don't, I don't even think from the Ravens, like the rankings that you did, I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh's that far, but I don't even think I would say two and two A, like not two and two B. I'm talking about two and two A. Like it's a fine line that we're talking about here that we're discussing, and and I love it from a fan perspective. But you know, Mike Tomlin is 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 a baller for a reason. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett is going to turn the corner. Like 
really, really turn some heads. Um, Deshaun Watson, man, gosh, a full year under his belt. You know, we just talked about Miles Garrett getting some help on the other side. Like this division is 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 razor thin between one and four. Uh, just because Cleveland is Cleveland, I think that's why they're four. Um, but you got to give mad respect to Mike Tomlin and company. And and I don't think Zach Taylor is trying to give up his his throne quite yet. I think he's still smarching over the fact that in my own home stadium, we had got embarrassed by Lamar Jackson. Who's Houdini? <laughs> was, was what uh, was said about him and his touchdown run. Uh, Kevin Harlan, the announcer for CBS. Like, I just think, you know, Cincinnati, but it's razor thin. It really is, you know. And we'll see what Todd Munkin does. I'm 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 excited, but we'll see what he does. We'll see what Mike McDonald. You know, it's 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 interesting. Like when he was at the podium this off season compared to where last, it looked like he was really boyish looking. This off season, he looks a little bit more seasoned. The NFL, like the presidency of the United States, it ages you. <laughs> it looks like he aged a little bit, but I think uh, yeah, again, it, it's razor thin. Um, to to see first from from fourth yeah it, it's going to be an extremely tough division this year i i do agree i think the fact that cleveland is cleveland is why they're number four in my rankings they they have not proven it to me yet and i'm not going to get there's no more me giving them benefit of the doubt of their roster is so good they match up really well it hasn't it hasn't clicked for them if it clicks for them this year awesome but i'm, I'm not going to say it has until i see it on the field but q you mentioned the razor thinness of this division let's wrap everything up here how confident are you as a whole in the Ravens in their standing in this division right now with the roster they have compared to the rosters their division rivals have? If I had to, like, say, I mean, I, I, I just competitively, the John Harbaugh factor, the Justin Tucker factor, you know, because it's a division game, it's, you know, there, yeah, there's occasional blowouts, but, like, Health to health, everybody all on the same page. It comes down to a couple of plays here and there. And we got Justin Tucker and you don't. I mean, that, that's – I could easily see them winning the division. I think it seasons them to make a playoff run. I think uh, I'm taking the Marlon Humphreys approach that the window is small, seize the opportunity. Yep, and that's what it is. I, I feel like it's time for the Ravens to make – a run. Obviously, health has to permit their health is a huge factor in teams making runs. We've seen that across all sports. But to me, it just feels like even with how good the division will be, with how good the conference will be, I think Baltimore will be one of the premier contenders in the division, in the conference, and honestly, in the league. So hopefully they can take back the North from the Bengals, but it will not be easy, especially not just with Cincinnati there, but Pittsburgh in Cleveland too. But Q, I appreciate you hopping on. Thank you so much for joining me on this Purple Friday. And, you know, we still got a, a little ways to go before training camp happens, but maybe the Ravens will make a signing here or there that we can talk about. But if not, we'll of course be breaking it down. Everything Ravens here, and I'm excited to do it with you. I am looking forward to, again, like it's right there before us. Training camp schedule was released. They got their open practices, 18 of them. They're going to be down at the vault. 
uh, entertaining the fans down there. I think the whole atmosphere, it's going to be one where, yeah, it's going to be a lot of hype, a lot of excitement, and, and bring it on. You know what they should do? They should put a vault out on the field and make it like an antique and have it out there because Greg Roma's not there anymore, but the vault <laughs> still is. So we'll see Todd Munkin's yeah. vault and whether he can unlock his own set of great plays. Maybe, maybe not a James Perchet reverse throw. This <laughs> I, I would never like to see that again, but I, I think it'd be funny if they had a, they're not going to do it, but if they had a vault out there, it'd be really cool. But I appreciate you hopping on Q. Thank you so much to you for tuning into Locked on Ravens today. Again, be sure to subscribe, follow along in the audio form. When we get back here on Monday on Locked on Ravens, more Ravens content from us. So be sure to stay tuned. And we will see you back here on Monday on Locked on Ravens.